0: Pro days played out at Montana State on Monday and Montana on Tuesday as more than a dozen former Big Sky Conference standouts ran, jumped, and lifted for NFL scouts. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanas. A total of 11 former Bobcats, including nine who played on MSU's national runner-up squad in the most recent season and two more who were seniors on MSU's 2019 FCS Final Four qualifier, worked out for 21 scouts on Monday. Among the standout performances included All-American defensive end Daniel Hardy making waves by leaping 40 inches in the vertical jump, soaring 10 feet seven inches in the broad jump and running an unofficial time of 4.6 seconds in the 40-yard dash. Other standouts included MSU All-American linebacker Troy Anderson, the 2022 defensive MVP in the Big Sky, breaking four seconds in the short shuttle, marking the only time a prospect in the country broke that vaunted mark any position. All-American wide receiver Lance McCutcheon pounded out 19 reps on the bench at a 36.5-inch vertical and broad jumped more than 10 feet. In Missoula on Tuesday, a total of seven former Grizz performed for a group of seven NFL scouts. Among the standouts included defensive back Omar Hicks Anu pounding out 21 bench reps leaping 36.5 inches in the vertical and running under 4.6 seconds in the 40 twice wide receiver Sammy Akim did 14 bench reps and broad jumped more than 10 feet for more on Pro Day's official results tune in to Nuanas now all week long from 4 to 6 p.m. on ESPN Missoula you haven't seen the suit that Justin Bieber wore to the Grammys, go look it up. To each their own. Your style is what makes you. I am not going to ever try to be a critic of Hollywood style because all these people look like they're wearing Halloween costumes to me on this red carpet. But that seems to be what gets the tabloids going, the People magazine, whatever. But I do know when... My dude Justin Bieber is wearing a suit he stole from Shaquille O'Neal. It's uh, it's pretty clear when he's wearing the the five X. <laughs> it's a ridiculous picture. But Justin Bieber, I do enjoy his music. I know you know that's maybe not the most popular opinion to have for manly sports talk radio guys like we are around here. But I know I do love the uh, I love the R and B vibes, man. Justin Bieber is objectively really talented. You might not like his antics. You might not like. Some of his Pop Tart stuff from his earlier career, he really has matured. Though the fact that he was like b- borderline to like fully in the midst of being a total train wreck, and is now you know despite wearing five X suits and and weird pink beanies, he, he's he's a legitimate music artist that's writing like good songs, and I mean he's being nominated for and winning Grammys, so certainly has critical acclaim as well. And so you know I'm not I'm not afraid to tout my like of some of the. The Bebe's best tunes. Nuwana's now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Some music reviews and musings for you. This playlist curated for you by the Grammys, as it were. Those were on Sunday, so just playing some songs that were all nominated for best record. If you missed anything in the first hour of Nuanas now, fun first hour. We tack some uh, NCAA tournament national championship game. Kansas defeats North Carolina. 72 to 69 We also talked some Grizz Pro Day Seven former Grizz Competed In the Pro Day Andrew uh, explained to me Why I Shouldn't think Kansas is so boring And I don't anymore uh, It was a good conversation We really really helped cleanse my mind Because I'm trying to Just be positive and like all things Why not? Life's short and we also uh, had some details on uh, some soccer camps for you as part of our youth sports segment presented by Pepsi Cola. you can find everything in today's first hour on the Nuana is Now podcast, which is available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. You can also find it on our station website, 1029ESPN.com. The podcast is presented proudly by Bet Montana. And the Advocates. you want to stream the show, you can always head on over to 1029ESPN.com. Click on Listen Live. You can also always get us on YouTube. And if you want to be a part of the show, you can always call us or text us, 406-888-1029. And it is a Tagliari Tuesday. We'll get back to giving you opportunities to win Tagliari gift cards next week. Tagliari is kind enough to provide gift cards for our bracket challenge. And we'll continue to have calls to action for those as well. But congratulations to all of our winners. You can go on ESPN.com. Click on Bracket Challenge to go to the Nuana ESPN Missoula Nuanas Now groups and see how you you fared and finished. I did not fare well at all. I was like pretty much close to the bottom of our big bracket. Not great. And uh, in the, the redo, <laughs> I think Duke in the final four was the only thing I got right. I think I went over on the redo. I think I was second to last. So uh, don't trust the sports guy when it comes to picking the brackets, I guess, uh, is how that goes. <laughs> But Tagliari Tuesday, each Tuesday here on Nuana's now, they have the best sandwiches anywhere in the state of Montana. They also have a delightful wine selection and some specialty oils. Every time I go in there, I always grab a sandwich, but I've been also getting, like, my my olive oil, my balsamic vinegar there. That's just so good there. Such a great selection, such a, a sort of niche and specialty selection. And they also have great wine, including Old World wine, which I've grown uh, an affinity for for sure, and uh, also great prices. So head on over to Tagliari, whether you're in the mood for a sandwich or a bottle of wine, and back next week we'll be rolling on Tagliari Tuesday. So Andrew Outen, our producer, he's been here with us uh, since mid-summer, July or August. I can't remember the specific date. I think he got here like the last week of July. So a little short of a year. Uh, we'll, we'll be at a year here uh, before we know it here this summer. But one game that we haven't played that we like to play this time of year when we just want to have, you know, meandering and non-structured conversations is a game that actually originates from way back in the Tutel and Tucker days, Blindside. When it was the uh, Tutel and Nuanez days, myself and Ryan Tutel played this game a lot, especially around, you know, April, May, June. And uh, basically it's just coming up with broad questions to ask the other person with no preparation whatsoever, just to stymie a sort of uh, water cooler conversation. So, my first question for Andrew is actually a, a pretty simple one, pretty straightforward. We saw seven former Grizz participate at the Pro Day today. We did not see two of the Grizz' best players participate at Pro Day today Conlon Beaver, who's a four year starter at left tackle and a two time All Big Sky offensive lineman, and Jace Lewis, the proud wearer of number 37 and a three-time all-conference selection and a two-time unanimous first team all-league linebacker neither
1: one of those guys participated. Were you surprised by that? Yeah. I think I think yes. I think because we're conditioned to uh a- as we saw with some of the guys who did participate today, if you have even a little bit of a chance, I think we're conditioned to uh think that you should take it, that you should chase it like you said so eloquently about Sammy A. Kim and Dylan Cook to chase your dream with, with everything sure. that you have. And it takes a lot of um, maturity, I think, a lot of sagacity to realize that maybe, maybe your dream is out of reach or even more, I think, to realize that maybe that's not your dream anymore. Great way of saying it, for sure. I will
0: say this. I'm not sure if you've caught the, the Grizz fan pod, but our good friends, Mike Nugent, Lucas Alford, and, and Britt Wahlberg, they have a great podcast. They mostly do it during football season. But they did have one off-season episode, and they sat down with Jace Lewis, and he, he spent about two hours with them. But I actually listened to the whole thing. I thought it was very well done. I thought Jace was really good on it. It was great to see him sort of loosen up and just you know be himself and and tell some stories from sort of the inside look of, of the Grizz football team. But after listening to that he he said in there. He's like, yeah, I'm like I'm good. I'm I'm good with with what I accomplished and you know walk on from a class B school in towns of Montana. Like I'm good, man. Like like you said, I said I've had enough shoulder surgeries. I'm really happy with the way my career went. I I don't need it anymore. I'm I'm good. I'm I'm happy being done playing football. So wasn't that surprised and and you know Beaver probably would have been a, a pretty big long shot too. I mean that's the other thing is. If you're, st- th- I think that people don't understand the details of the sacrifice that this takes. Because when your football season's over, at this level, you're almost certainly a senior. So if you've already graduated, then you basically have to put your plans for whatever you're going to do in the future on hold for four full months. And so if you don't have an agent supporting you, that's pretty hard. You're probably going to have to get yourself like a part-time job and pay your own way to train. If you have an agent like Sammy Kim, then you're still going to move to a place like outside of Dayton, Ohio, and and have to just be in this completely foreign place, and obviously you can focus pretty easily because there's no distractions really. But it still is a sacrifice. But then if you're a guy who hasn't graduated, you're doing that exact same thing and not finishing school, and so then you're probably delaying your graduation by a semester or maybe even a year. So that's a huge sacrifice too. And so you know, a guy like Calvin Bieber, I'm pretty confident he graduated in the the winter. And uh, I saw him working over at a local place the other day. I think he's just working a job and is doing the thing. So, you know, it, it is a a pretty big sacrifice for these guys. And when I'm analyzing the numbers on this for whether it's the cats or the grizz, if I'm saying guys have great numbers or bad numbers in terms of their pro day marks, that has nothing to do with anything besides our knowledge of what the baseline numbers are. Like I'm not trying to sit here and criticize these guys for doing it. I mean, you put in the work and go do it, and you do your best. That's as good as you can do. So, you know, I Kim didn't run a very good 40 time today. That just is what it is. It has nothing to do with anything about him, his career as a Grizz. I mean, he's one of the great Grizz receivers of all time. Certainly the numbers prove that. His popularity proves that. And Dylan Cook's a great Montana story. So, you know, these guys, they deserve a lot of credit, even if they this is the end of the road for their football careers.
1: Well, and that's the other thing that, that you mentioned. I mean, with Chase Lewis and his shoulder surgeries, we don't know how these guys' bodies are feeling right now. We we just don't know. I mean, these guys have been through it. For sure. I mean, this is the other thing about the Troy Anderson phenomenon right now, right? Right. Troy
0: Anderson's blowing up the world because he's just ripping the face off of everything. Like yesterday, he, did, he just did the two drills he didn't do at the combine, and he ran the two fastest times in the entire United States of America in those two drills, any position. But... Trey Anderson has not laid down on a bench. I bet you Trey Anderson has laid down on a bench to bench press in years. Yeah. Because he's tore his shoulder up so many times. I mean, the first injury he suffered of his career, which was actually riddled by injuries,
1: and it's amazing that he played 50-plus games because he was hurt pretty much the whole time. Goodness, man. I was down there on the sideline in the yeah. Sam Houston game and the South Dakota State oh. game trying to see him. He couldn't move his arm, basically. Uh, he he's. Someone asked him
0: the other day, after the pro day, why he didn't bench at the pro day. He said, oh, I got a little ding in the senior bowl. No, Troy Anderson got a ding against Washington State his freshman year and then re that thing a 100 times? I don't know. I mean, from a 300-plus a carry season as a quarterback, as a sophomore, to then truly playing both sides of the ball extensively as a junior, to then rolling up 160 tackles as a senior – He's had quite a lot of wear and tear. I think that's the, the one thing, though, is Troy Anderson has done nothing but – I mean, uh, as one of the MSU guys was saying when I was talking to him on uh, Friday evening when I was over there in Bozeman, he was saying, dude's made himself a, million, a couple million dollars the last month or so by how he's tested. That's true. But, and, I, and, again, this has nothing to do with Troy Anderson, the, the phenomenon, or the athlete, or our affinity for Troy Anderson. There is something that's going to derail this whole thing. Troy Anderson's definitely getting drafted, for sure. But in the next three weeks, who brings him in for physicals? And what do those physicals say? And, that, and as long as, I mean, you, you hope that it's clean, it's good. You know, it's just normal wear and tear. But uh, that's stuff that can derail you hurt your draft stock. So we'll see. But uh, it is impressive the way that these guys sacrifice. Nuanas now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Coulter Nuwana's Andrew Houghton. Play a little blindside, some open-ended questions in the world of sports. Andrew, what you got
1: for me? Well, this is going to be sort of also tangentially related to the pro days, but, Coulter, the USFL starts play in just over a week. Okay. The XFL is, I guess, still hanging around or trying to come back. Somehow. Yet another guys. Coulter, if you were running one of these uh, spring (laughs) football leagues, what would you do? And and, and it Mm. could be anything. It can be in terms of the players you acquire, where you're putting the teams. I know a lot of these leagues have tried to gimmick up the rules a little bit. What do you do to make it different, to make it stand out? None of these leagues have lasted. What is, what is the the Nuanas Football League going to do differently? Well, I had to have a little chuckle there because uh, the talk of the USFL made me
0: think of our great friend Marty Mornoweg. It made me think I need to call him. I haven't seen Coach in a little while. Missing having Coach around in here. He was so kind to do a five-plus-month run with us, second hour of every Monday show, the Monday afternoon quarterback with Marty Mornoweg. It was a phenomenal content and also just so thrilling for me to sit there and, and try to match wits with a guy who coached Brett Favre and Steve Young. I mean, it was so fun for me and, and hearing all of his stories. I mean, we're getting real life firsthand stories about Jerry Rice on ESPN Radio in Missoula. So cool. But also Marty was getting called quite a bit for just sort of consulting Knowledge on the USFL. He's getting called by a lot of guys that were sort of trying to get it off the ground. And he and I talked about it, not on this show, but but kind of uh, a little bit uh, each time. And you know, I always ask him what's going on, what's cooking with the USFL. But I do think there is such an interesting phenomenon here in that I don't think either organization would say it, but I think it's it's tactfully understood that while there is a thirst for football like no other sport in America, the secondary football league or the 1B football league to the NFL has to be power five college football. And that's what the networks want. And it's what the organizations want. And so then to have a second tier of pro football, I think it's going to be hard for people to compartmentalize that that's the second best level in football in America because it won't be. The SEC will still be the second best level of football in America. I think it's hard to overcome that when you're a professional sports league. That said... It is sort of fascinating that there has been so many attempts, so many attempts from the World Football League and the American Football League in the 1970s to the USFL in the 1980s to multiple iterations of the XFL to the AF, as Ryan Tutel used to call it, the AAF, and they've all been turned upside down,
1: belly up, all the way across the board. Well, it's such a tempting idea. It's such a tempting business idea when you look at the the surface level idea of it when you look at the NFL's ratings numbers and right. you look at re- big-time college football's ratings numbers right. and you look at how many players from those Power 5 schools fall through the cracks and don't make it, right. and you say there's the appetite for football because America loves football and there's the appetite, there's the talent base there. right? Because we have this huge feeder system of college football and because the NFL right. is so exclusive – but for one reason or another, it has. You, so, I mean, you can see why it looks so good on paper. So, the, the, you asked me what I would do.
0: I, I would re, if I was to start a secondary professional football league, I would try to redirect or recraft the narrative specifically for the league that the entire thing relies upon the quarterback. Because there's such a glut of, of talent in America right now that even guys that are NFL quarterbacks that are on NFL rosters look terrible in NFL games. I mean, there's only about 20 guys that can look any sort of good in NFL games and only about 12 guys that can actually shred an NFL defense on a a week-in-a-week-out basis. I mean, Baker Mayfield is the freaking Heisman Trophy winner and the number one overall pick, and he looks terrible two-thirds of the time playing in NFL games. Like, Daniel Dimes can't – Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes, he can't hang on to the football. Like, he can't do it. Once in a blue moon, a Taylor Heineke will catch lightning in a bottle for – three-quarters of one Monday night football game, but then the rest of the time he looks like a child that's just about to die out there on the football field. You can go on and on and on and on. I think that's where the the common person watching these games, like when you used to watch the AF, you could see all sorts of guys that are like just a little bit short of being an NFL defensive end or an NFL safety or an NFL corner, and they don't look like crazy worse than the other guys they're watching. The quarterbacks look terrible, especially because probably the guys that are just – Fringe defensive players are so much better than what you're going to get for the quarterback. So if you can craft a different style, that's part of what's made the CFL uh, watchable is they get dudes who play CFL style football. That's why the Big Sky quarterbacks, Big Sky Conference quarterbacks have had a lot of success up there because they don't necessarily stand in the pocket and pick you apart. They're more the Vernon Adams and Dakota Prukops and Matt Nichols of the world who are my, Mike Riley, these guys that are just tweeners, they can kind of get out. So if you could recraft the quarterback narrative, I think that'd be part of it. And the other thing I would do is stop trying to screw around with mid-sized markets. Take these things to small markets. Give me a a, a, an, a USFL team in Billings, Montana. Why not? Give me a bill, a USFL team in Laramie, Wyoming. Like, make it in these places that have a little bit of people – enough to you know have a 20 to 25,000 person crowd like Washington Grizzly Stadium and make it like a fervor so it's like a buffalo new york but small town version of it you know like give me some fremont nebraska or something like that i think that could help it quite a bit as well
1: i love that answer I mean, we're just i'm just thinking about this again because we did have the pro days and like like you said man i mean there's so, there's such a huge there's a huge base of talent there i mean a guy like Omar Hicksonu, who I think we both agree, ran a, a little bit too slow. He's a four five a, eight is a little slow. He's a step or a couple steps slow to be a defensive back in he's the not, NFL. He's not big enough to
0: play safety. Well that's actually that's actually a misnomer. Most safeties in the NFL are not very big right now, actually.
1: Right. But, because the the big guys are playing the hybrid spot. But yeah. also but also the guys that are
0: uh of Hicksonu's size, let's call it six one two oh five will ruin you. <laughs> yeah, right. And Hickson is a good tackler, and he's he's a good hitter. He's a physical player, but he's he's not, you know, Eric Weddle going to tear your head off. Sean, I mean, Sean Taylor's a bad example because he's like six four, but you know what I'm saying. He's not uh, – who, who's a great example? Who's the great safety for the, the Broncos? Uh, hold that thought. Justin Simmons? No, the other one. Uh, Kareem something. Mm, Kareem Jackson? Kareem Jackson. He's not a Kareem Jackson. Kareem Jackson's fearless. He's He'll run through a wall. And, I, I mean, Hickson is a good player, but – But you're right. Uh, But that's what what I'm saying, though.
1: He's a good football player. I mean, he's a guy who could keep playing football. He's just a a little bit too slow and a little bit too small for the NFL, right? But, like, there's a market for people to watch players like that play football. Right. That's what everybody who starts these leagues thinks. And it's not a bad idea. It's just it hasn't succeeded. No, is now at ESPN Radio. I want to keep playing blindside, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to dive into our
0: Treasure State Stars, then we'll take a break and we'll come back and play some more Blindside for the rest of the show. Great stuff already from Andrew Houghton here on Nuanas Now. Uh, Treasure State Stars is our weekly bulletin board, uh, sort of recognizing some of the best individual performances by Montanans and around the state of Montana. It is presented by Parkside Credit Union. Parkside Credit Union, one of the best places in all of western Montana to get a loan, no matter what you're trying to finance, that new RV for the summer, a new truck. No matter what you are in the market for in terms of loans, Parkside Credit Union, one of the best, because Parkside Credit Union loves to say yes. Treasure State star number one, Tanessa Morris of the Grizz track team. She was named the Big Sky Conference Female Field Athlete of the Week earlier this week, following a win at the Hayward Premier in the Hammer Throw. If that sounds familiar, Hayward Field, sort of the mecca of college track. Tiletown, USA is what they call Eugene, Oregon. And uh, a a collection of Big Sky Conference athletes went out to Hayward Field for an invitational meet. And as we so often see, sometimes being on that elevated stage of competition really helps the uh, athletes rise their level. And uh, Morris, she did exactly that. Her first throw of the meet was good enough to beat 23 other competitors, including 11 that hail from Pac-12 schools. Morris improved her mark two more times and finished with a throw of 197 one hundred ninety seven feet, four inches. That's a huge throw in the hammer this early in the season. That's a huge throw, period. But to be scratching at 200 feet is big time uh, this earlier in the year. And uh, that set a PR for Morris. She's a Canadian who won the hammer throw at last year's Big Sky Outdoor Championships. She joined us on this show uh, during that time. And uh, she showed she definitely has the ability to repeat that mark, the one hundred ninety seven four. Ranks first in the Big Sky Conference and 21st in the NCAA West Region. Treasure State Star number two, Daniel Hardy of the Montana State football team. I think mean, he made some serious money this weekend. Uh, I guess on Monday he had a 40-plus inch vertical. He also ran sub 4.7 in the 40 twice, including 4.6 flat, which is enormous for a guy that's 6'3, 245, 250 pounds, 10 foot 7 in the broad jump. He looked really good in all the the. Uh, the mobility drills and the change of direction stuff. And you can always tell from, from my seat, with somebody that covers stuff on SkylineSportsMT.com as well as here at ESPN Radio, this time of year, you'll, you'll start to hear from scouts asking you about certain guys. And we've heard from a lot of scouts about Daniel Hardy. We've also heard from several agents about Daniel Hardy. So I think with what he did yesterday, I think he's got an opportunity now to play on Sunday. It's a pretty cool story for the Montana State defensive end. The next five Treasure State stars are five coaches that will all be inducted into the Montana Coaches Association Hall of Fame this summer. One of them is Hamilton's Mark Albert. Albert's uh, 34-year coaching career included stints at Frenchtown, Hellgate, Willow Creek, Darby, and he's been in Hamilton for the last 25 years, serving as the boys' basketball, girls' basketball, and cross-country coaches at various times. He coached the Bronx to the Class A Girls Basketball Championship in 2015. He also has helped the Bronx earn five, count them, five Class A State Cross-Country Championships, 2008, 2013, 2014, and then the last two years back-to-back for Hamilton. He's also helped Hamilton to 10 Western A Cross-Country Championships between the boys and the girls. And he was nominated for the National Boys Cross-Country Coach of the Year in both 2017 and 2021. Mark Albert retired at the end of last season, so very cool for him. 35 years as a coach in various sports in Hamilton. Treasure State star number four, it's Spencer Holes, a guy who's joined us here on this show before. He spent the last 19 years coaching the Corvallis track and field teams. The Blue Devils have won five Class A Boys Championships and nine in the girls' Uh, ranks, including uh, an all-class record six consecutive state championships from 2011 to, to 2016. Holes has been nominated as the National High School Girls Track Coach of the Year uh, two different times, 2016 and 2021. But that run, uh, unprecedented. Six consecutive girls' state track and field titles for the Corvallis Blue Devils uh, under the leadership of Spencer Spencer Holes. Treasure State star number five, Rod Karst, He's a guy who's coached 34 years total between his time at Opheim and Glasgow. He spent 28 years leading the Glasgow Scotties as the head cross-country volleyball and track and field coaches. He's also been an assistant in volleyball and softball. He's been the head cross-country coach there, though, in Glasgow for 23 years. And he's led Glasgow to the Class B State Girls Cross-Country Championships seven different times, including a four-peat between 2010 and 2013 Cars has been nominated for the National Coach of the Year Award twice as well. Treasure State Star number 6. These are all Montana High School Hall of Fame inductees, soon to be. They're all getting inducted uh, this upcoming summer. Rod Paskey of Frenchtown. He's been out there at Frenchtown for 45 years. Led the Bronx Boys Track and Field team for 23 years. Also spent 20 years as an assistant for the football team. 10 years as an assistant for the softball team. 8 coaching Boys Track and Field. And 32 Coaching girls track and field. So a unbelievable amount of gratitude the Frenchtown community owns to Rod Paskey. My goodness, forty-five years coaching pretty much every sport that there is to offer out there for the Bronx. He's been a part of thirteen total state champions, championship teams, excuse me. And he's also spent thirty years as a meet manager for track and field meets around western Montana. It's guys like that that give back so much that organize all this stuff. That I just worry, like, what's going to happen when guys like that aren't around anymore? I hope someone else can step up. Maybe it'll be me. Maybe I'll be the old guy working at the track meet, and I, I would, I would be a lucky man if that was the case. Um, but I just, I hope that we maintain our civic duty here uh, as a society because you need those volunteers at those track meets to help the kids compete. You really do, and I hope that people realize how important that is. Treasure State Star Number Seven, it's Jeff Thompson. He has coached wrestling for twenty six years. Total, including 14 at Flathead High. His boys' teams have won 11 state wrestling titles and have been nationally ranked four times. Thompson has been nominated as the National Wrestling Coach of the Year twice, and he's led his Montana teams to national tournaments multiple times. He also has the Flathead Girls as the two-time defending state wrestling champions. There's only been wrestling for two years, so they're the only team to ever win it, the Flathead Girls, and they swept in boys' and girls' wrestling. And finally, one last uh, Treasure State star, it's R.J. Fitzgerald. He is a fullback at Montana State. He is a product of Dillon, Montana, a alum of Beaverhead County High School, and he was recently uh, deemed Montana State's number 41. So as we know, the Grizz football team has had a tradition of passing down number 37 ever since Craig Paulson first gave it to Tim Houck back in 1986. The Bobcats have had this tradition going for four players now, so it went from Brad Daly uh, in the early 2010s, to Grant Collins, to then Chase Benson, and now R.J. Fitzgerald. So it goes to a Montana native, 41, symbolizes that Montana was the 41st state in the union, and R.J. Fitzgerald, the now the new proud owner of number 41 for Montana State. So there you go, it's your Treasure State Stars for this week, presented by Parkside Credit Union. Always remember, Parkside Credit Union, one of the best places in western Montana to get a loan Because Parkside Credit Union loves to say yes. No one is now ESPN Radio. More Blindside back after this. Pro days played out at Montana State on Monday and Montana on Tuesday as more than a dozen former Big Sky Conference standouts ran, jumped, and lifted for NFL scouts. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. A total of 11 former Bobcats, including 9 who played on MSU's National Runner-Up Squad in the most recent season and 2 more who were seniors on MSU's 2019 FCS Final Four Qualifier, worked out for 21 scouts on Monday. Among the standout performances included All-American defensive end Daniel Hardy making waves by leaping 40 inches in the vertical jump, soaring 10 feet seven inches in the broad jump and running an unofficial time of 4.6 seconds in the 40-yard dash. Other standouts included MSU All-American linebacker Troy Anderson, the 2022 defensive MVP in the Big Sky, breaking four seconds in the short shuttle, marking the only time a prospect in the country broke that vaunted mark any position. All-American wide receiver Lance McCutcheon pounded out 19 reps on the bench at a 36.5-inch vertical and broad jumped more than 10 feet. In Missoula on Tuesday, a total of seven former Grizz performed for a group of seven NFL scouts. Among the standouts included defensive back Omar Hicks Anu pounding out 21 bench reps leaping 36.5 inches in the vertical and running under 4.6 seconds in the 40 twice wide receiver Sammy Akim did 14 bench reps and broad jumped more than 10 feet for more on Pro Day's official results tune in to Nuanas now all week long from 4 to 6 p.m. on ESPN Missoula I just figured since the Kanye West song that was up for a Grammy was called Jail, that Kanye was like the number one suspect to do the uh, Grammys version of what happened at the Oscars between Will Smith and Chris Rock. I was a little disappointed. There, there was no WWE entertainment at the Grammys. Some good performances, though, for sure. This uh, playlist today here on Nuanas Now. A compilation of some of the uh, best songs, uh, Record of the Year nominees at the Grammys, including this jam by Kanye West. Hope you're having a phenomenal start to your week. Happy Tuesday. Thanks for watching and listening. Thanks to our audience out there on SWX Montana Television or on YouTube, whatever video way that you, you're maybe streaming the show. And I appreciate everybody for being here. Let's talk some more blindside. Andrew Houghton and I prepared some... Questions for each other that we uh, did not share with each other. So just a, a open-ended conversation. So I guess it's my turn. He had a good one about a second-tier professional football. That was uh, very thought-provoking. I I've, I have a good one. You're going to love this. As uh, not only our, our resident soccer expert around here, but also uh, the only real uh, close friend I have that knows anything about soccer watches soccer in any capacity used to have a bunch of friends that watch soccer out in uh, Washington just not has not really crept into the Montana lexicon although there is there are some spots in, in Missoula where people like to watch soccer and I do think it's really gaining momentum on a non-professional non-national team stage because the University of Montana's women's soccer team is very very good. And uh, that sustained success has elevated the game here in the Garden City. And I think that soccer around the state of Montana at the high school level has grown in leaps and bounds, both in popularity and in quality. So soccer is definitely knocking on the door. But my question for you, Andrew, is from a United States men's national team perspective, and the U.S. has qualified for the World Cup now in men's soccer, the World Cup this upcoming winter. After not qualifying in the World Cup the last time the World Cup happened, Yet still, though, America's perhaps one of, at least, their most prominent exports is sports, our athletes, when we compete on the global scale. Yet it seems like the place we are the farthest away from competing on a true top-notch global scale is in men's soccer. What is the single biggest factor holding back uh, the the
1: peak of men's soccer in the United States? Great question, Coulter. I think... I think part of it is that that's just an extremely hard club to break into. For sure. The United States right now is, you know, solidly one of the best 15 men's national teams in the world. That's pretty good. There are over 200 countries in these rankings, right? Well, for sure, but we're America. We want to be the number one in every single sport that exists, right? Uh, Absolutely, and we (laughs) we should shoot for that. But I think that there's a, there's a big gap between where they are now and sort of those top five or six countries that have been doing it for forever, like yeah, Brazil and Germany sure. um, and for England sure. right. and Argentina, and it's going to be very, very difficult um, and maybe I mean, not impossible, not impossible, but very, very difficult to break into that upper echelon anyway.
0: How How much of it has to do with the fact that so many of our best athletes never even play soccer, or or are they gravitate away from soccer because of the allure and prestige in American circles of football and basketball? I think that's
1: overblown. You do. I think that. I think w- that. What, a, I what think, if, what uh, I if think...
0: basketball didn't exist, and all of the great players in the NBA played soccer from the time they were six? Would be, would we be the dominant team on the on the global scale?
1: No. No, I would say I know. I mean, we'd be better. I mean, how many it's such a I, difficult I guess, hypothetical. I, it is.
0: It is. So I guess let's turn it on the other side. Is Neymar one of the great athletes in Brazil? Like, is he one of their best athletes as well as being the best soccer player? You oh, have, man. Those two things. Did they go hand in hand or not? I don't really know. Yes. What, but if, what th- if Kyler Murray would have played soccer from the time he was a child instead of football and baseball?
1: For sure. We, we'll never know. I mean, he could have handled it athletically. Like, he right. could run up and down. He does. He has very quick feet. I mean, nobody would argue with that. But, <laughs> right. but Neymar also has something beyond that which makes him a great athlete. I mm. think he is, he is a great athlete in terms of running and jumping and, and all of that. When we were watching the, the qualifier from Costa Rica at home the other week... You
0: actually made that comment. He said the speed and strength of the Americans is not their issue. They are as fast and strong as anybody that there is. It's it's like the art of the beautiful game that's missing from, right? Like isn't that what makes Messi and Neymar and these guys?
1: They're almost like they're artists of soccer, right? Yeah, I mean that's one way you can say it. I mean it's not to me, it's not to me the art. It's just their ability to to think about it and to uh, to problem solve, I mean, I, I've i talked a lot or I've thought a lot about mm-hmm. how do we evaluate what makes a good soccer player? Sure. Like on any level. It's like the Luka Doncic thing in the NBA right now, right? Exactly. Doncic just, he sees it completely different than everybody else sees it. Right. And, I mean, in soccer there are so many more variables because it's 11 on 11 as opposed to 5 on 5. With basketball, to me, soccer is a game about solving the problems that you are put into a lot of the time, and uh, often uh-huh. because of the way that the game is played, it's very difficult to outrun those problems, especially at the highest level where the speed of the game is very fast. I mean, a lot of times you'll see at youth levels and high school levels, often the fastest, strongest players are the best players. Right. As, as you get higher and higher... Well, right. That that.
0: I mean, Messi is one of the greatest soccer players on the planet Earth ever, and he's like what five five. He's he's
1: tiny for sure, and that's certainly yeah. true for a lot of sports. Sure. But I think it's more true in soccer than a lot of other sports. Just your ability to problem solve and also to match the the solutions that your brain is thinking of with your feet right? with with the rest of your body. Um, I think that's something that. I don't know if that's something that's developed. I don't think it's something that comes in the water in Brazil, right? Right. But because the culture there is so strong, it's something that is a lot easier to develop there than in the United States. Interesting. And I think I would say as far as the our best athletes playing soccer hypothetical, I think yeah. one of the actual issues here is that soccer is not a super – easy sport to get into or it's mm. not a super easy sport to continue playing as a right. youth it becomes easiest, very expensive easiest
0: sport to get into when you're 5 because you don't have to understand the rules just go chase the ball right but then after 10 you have to
1: sort of choose it right Right. And yeah. that comes with a lot of uh, investment in terms of, of money and time. Uh, yeah. And um, that's just sort of the way that the American youth soccer system is set up right now.
0: It's so the way the American youth sports system is set up right now, unfortunately.
1: Well, that's right.
0: Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Okay. So, last thing on this note, then quickly. Um, if you could turn one prominent American professional athlete into a soccer player, who would you choose? Um, for sure, um, we used to have fun times talking about the United States volleyball team we could assemble if we got some of the NBA guys. Like, imagine David Robinson playing. Well, volleyball. of course, <laughs> but like, what does it what does it mean to dominate the world in volleyball? Right? Well, right, nothing. You know, that's it would not, just be hilarious to watch like Dwight Howard, prime Dwight Howard, play
1: volleyball. Like he would just annihilate. People. Imagine how hard he could hit the ball. Right. <laughs> I mean, not like not like professional volleyball players are slouches either. Oh but no, you're for right, sure,
0: for sure. They're, they're not slouches at all. Oh, remember Chase Buttinger? Yeah, the Arizona from, guy from Arizona played in the NBA. Had, I, 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 he played say. for the Timberwolves, right? He did. He played for the T Wolves. Played for the Nets. But Chase Buttinger had a uh, he was famous for being. I mean, he had a 49 inch vertical, but then he would like play for the United States Olympic team in his off time because he was so athletic he didn't really need to train in
1: volleyball. Anyways, uh, not to steal you. Yeah, I think I think it would be. uh, It would have to be like a running back. I mean, you can't Hmm. you can't be being too big. Saquon Barkley. I think he's too big. Yeah. I I mean Saquon Barkley. I mean he he'd be one of the he would be the biggest player on the U.S. national team by far. Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Good. He's more straight line speed. I mean he's 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 quick. Yeah. But he's he's straight line speed. What about
0: a guy, and this is going to be totally out of left field, but John Wall. Yeah. Because John Wall, before he got hurt in transition, people don't realize this because he was stuck in prison in Washington and then just had the worst... Injury upon an injury upon an injury that I, a, a luck I've ever heard. Oh, you don't have to sell me on you know, John Wall, No, I know. You're a D.C. guy. I'm just I'm explaining to everybody else out there. John Wall, baseline to baseline, is the fastest player in the NBA when he's in his prime. And that's a fact. That, that is Straight a, up. That is a recorded fact. He is faster baseline to baseline than Russell Westbrook or Trey Young or any of these guys. But he also had the the thing you're talking about, this sort of spatial awareness. Where he, it's t- so too bad that John Wall got so hurt, man. But I think John Wall would be a sick soccer player.
1: Trey Young would be a good one. Ooh, Trey Young's a good one. Here, here's the thing: all these guys that you're you're talking about, when you turn them into a soccer player, they're the type of player. That the US kinda already has guys. I mean, the US has straight line speed, explosive guys. Like you would if you're turning John Wall into a soccer player, John Wall's playing on the wings, right? He's sure. just busting up and down the wing. Yeah. Getting to it. The US has a bunch of those guys. For sure. Wall just had the fluidity of movement though too. I he did. And he, he had the vision in. too.
0: I mean, he's yeah. a good pick for sure. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. All right. Noah's now USP and Radio, SWX Montana Television. Uh, I want to keep playing this. Let's take one more break, and then we'll play uh, one more blindside for you to take you home here on your Tuesday. If you're ever injured in an accident and you're worried about if a lawyer is going to cost you too much money, the advocates, they will provide help for you. No out-of-pocket costs until your case is settled. You pass the stress of your accident off to the advocates. That helps you focus on getting better. To find out how the advocates can help you, you can call them free of charge, 406 640 4444 today, or you can visit montanaadvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. Oh! It's one is now on 102.9 ESPN, Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. And your winner for record of the year, leave the door open, Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack. I think nothing in my awards show watching over the last couple weekends made me more happy than when Anderson Pack, I don't even know what you describe his haircut as currently. It's something though. Uh, he looks like Andre 3000 from the Hey Ya yeah video, but I think he's being dead serious. But when he and Bruno Mars got up there, and accepted the award for Record of the Year. Anderson Pack says, We're trying our best to stay humble up here. What you guys just saw in the industry is called a clean sweep. We're getting drunk tonight. Thanks, everybody. And walks off the stage. It was just such a classic moment uh, at the Grammys on Sunday. And our songs today, they were all nominees for Record of the Year. And that there was the winner of Record of the Year so thanks for the inspiration, Grammy Awards. Nuana's Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Want to find anything on the show today from recapping the national championship basketball win by Kansas to recapping the Grizz Pro Day to our Treasure State Stars for the week to a variety of other meandering yet fun topics. You can always find it on the Nuana's Now podcast, proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, as well as Sportsbet Montana and The Advocates. Uh, uh, we have time for... Probably one more blindside, and uh, we'll just have to both watch the clock here. But uh, Andrew, hit me with one. What, what was your other one for the day?
1: Yeah. Well, I had I had a sort of longer one about winning time in the Los Angeles Lakers sure. that we could get into. Yeah, we'll, do, we're that up to, against we'll do that. we here. Yeah, we'll
0: do that tomorrow because I actually think that. Uh, there's some applicable real-time news with that as well. The, the burgeoning beef between Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and LeBron James is a, sort of an extension of this waiting time because people are sort of seeing the background of how surly Kareem Abdul-Jabbar always has
1: been. But anyways, carry on. Fun times in Lakerland. Uh, <laughs> Colter, the Masters start this week. Oh, Where maybe. does that rank for you among sporting destinations? Augusta National Masters. Oh, week. oh
0: man, I would love to see the course for sure. Uh, super jealous. Once upon a time, Leon Costello. I actually think it was the first time that Montana State's AD ever came on this show, and he had to rub it in for us because he did the interview from his cell phone at the Masters. (laughs) I was like, "Man, you next time you got to take me with you." But uh, a pretty price for tickets. That's right. Uh up front, but you can you can have all the amenities for very cheap. That's what the Masters is famous for, right? It's like two dollar beers and like dollar fifty pimento
1: cheese sandwiches. Yeah, but you're eating pimento cheese sandwiches though. Well, that's fine. I don't know. What is even a pimento cheese sandwich? Just, no idea. I think it's just, <laughs> is it just like a slice of cheese between two
0: slices of bread? <laughs> Safford is like a food connoisseur. He's i I'm watching these two guys. If you're if you're not watching on TV, I'm watching these two guys through the glass and, and Jeff's giving me the thumbs up and Andrew's saying, yuck, pimento cheese, but regardless. But I've never had one. Maybe Jeff has. Um, I I think that just for the pageantry of it all, see, I love golf. I love watching professional golf. I also love the beauty of Augusta. I also have that course memorized because of the legendary Tiger Woods games where all you had to do was play the course and, you know, play coming down the stretch as Jack Nicholas, and trying to close it out for the green jacket and all that stuff. But uh, I actually think some parts of the Masters are overdone and rather corny. I know that's an unpopular take. The the piano music, the Nance it's not my shtick. But you wouldn't have to deal with that if you were there live. Very true. Uh, I, I do think it's a it's a sight to behold. It's definitely a bucket list. Um, but I think you could probably find a better price point. I mean, uh, the, the Masters is cool. I just don't know how much it would blow you out of the water compared to what you already knew about it. I would actually prefer probably to go to something that was more like surprising. You know, or when I went to Indianapolis, that was so cool because I, I didn't really have, like, that many preconceived notions about Canseco Fieldhouse and Hinkle Fieldhouse. Yeah. And those arenas were just so cool that it was just such a pleasant surprise. But, I mean, don't get me wrong. If somebody gave me a ticket to the Masters, I would definitely go. <laughs> New Orleans, now ESPN Radio, we're going to keep playing Blind Sides because that was fun. And I'm sure we actually – actually, here's the deal. Oh, we're just going to play another one tomorrow because I know we both still have a couple questions left to ask each other. So we'll keep on going through that. But uh, appreciate it, uh, Andrew. And uh, thanks to everybody else out there for listening. We'll be back at it tomorrow. Uh, Alex Esselman will join us from SWX Montana Television to give us update on Bobcat Springball, as well as probably talk some MSU powwow as well. And uh, the rest of tomorrow's show, to be determined, we're definitely working on some stuff. So we'll see you back here then, 4 p.m. Nuan is now, HBN Radio.